Hello everyone, welcome back to another week of the NBL News Podcast. Anna and Jackson with me once again. What's going on, guys? It's too freaking hot here, but it's good. You were wrong, my friend. I mean, we're all wrong, but you in particular were very wrong. With the Perth game? Oh, yeah. That's all right. Um, Because there's a lot to talk about this week. This is... There's there's a a lot to say, and uh, it's quite obvious, and it it might sound like we, especially me, I'll probably whinge a bit, but it's like, it's just... (laughs) I'm just visibly frustrated with this week of action. Um, I think we all are, regardless of what team you support, the situation just... with the fouls have not been great. Like, even me coming from a Perth side of it, last night was atrocious in the last, what, 10 seconds that went for 20 minutes? Hmm. Like, Well, let me, yeah. let, let's get stuck into it. Let's get stuck into the main issue, and that is obviously the fouls this weekend. You know, um, everyone pretty much saw what Olgan tweeted then. I think most most fans can agree that this round was just so unwatchable in terms of the amount of fouls called, the decisions made. It's um it was it was quite ridiculous um to the point where that I think I've never like watched a game and just turned it off due to the amount of over officiating there has been, and that was the Southeast Melbourne Brisbane game start of the round. I, I watched that first half and I said, why bother watching that second half if that's how it's going to be refereed? Um, and it, it probably got to sound like I'm whinging this whole time. But I think the thing is here is we mentioned that the NBL is a physical league. You listen to that press conference with Alex, uh, you know, they mentioned Alex Sar and Perth. Whenever you talk about a next star coming into the league, you know, they always go, oh, I love the NBL. It's a physical league. I don't think it has that stereotype anymore, especially after this round. How can it be considered a physical league when I've got the numbers here, fellas? Well, thanks to your work. Before you we continue, did this. Yeah, we did quick maths before the this Phoenix, recording. The Phoenix, I reckon the Phoenix Cairns was physical, but not like physical, physical, but like it was it, bang. Bodies were getting banged. Like that was an exception. Yeah, well, it is. It, look, it is physical, physical but, not, but we're not allowing it. We're not. It's not the what, stereotype of the NBL. We're calling the every single body foul. You're watching the New Zealand Sydney game. It's just this stupid. It was the same as this. There was one where Lamb uh, hit. Can't remember a Sydney player. Um, I think it was maybe Hogue or Adams. Uh, it was like two minutes ago, and they call a foul for body use, which is ridiculous. Same thing. It's pretty much the same call as Alex Sarr's situation. And that one got overturned. Lamb's one should have been overturned as well. So it's also the fact that it's inconsistent the way they are playing it out. And it's just like it's it's unwatchable where they're just calling so many. And I guess it's it's also a little bit on the onus of how it's played. Uh, you know, there are a lot of cheap fouls here and there from the players. But then again, if you've got to say the NBL is the most physical league, you know, they'd let anything go by and, you know, it's better than the NBA. The NBA call everything and, and yada, yada. The NBL's refereed more like an NBA game now more than the FIBA World Cup. You know, the NBL is FIBA. It's, it's FIBA officiated. But it doesn't seem like it this round. It's, it's, it's you know, you want it to, you watch a FIBA World Cup and I'm sure everybody well, fan you you sure every every basketball fan would have agreed that the FIBA World Cup is the best officiated, uh, to, in terms of basketball, that's the best officiated you can yep. see ever. That or Olympics, but yes. So why isn't the NBL their FIBA? Why aren't they using? Why aren't they calling similar stuff? Why aren't they? Well, why is it more well, NBA occupied where they're calling every single body? Fa- you look at that Alex Sarwan. I mean, sure. It, the, the the one that they called the challenge that was successful. Yeah, sure, I agree it was successful. It was still an arm contact, which we'll get into in a minute. But just these little body fouls that you just got to allow them to go by because then it just slows the game down and it just goes for ages and ages and ages. The game drags out. And as I said, it was unwatchable, that first Sydney, uh, sorry, the first Phoenix and, and Brisbane game. I'll quickly run through the numbers before you, I'll give you guys thoughts. But total of 355 fouls this round. Um, average of 44.4 fouls per game. Um, 
three games over 50 fouls. Both Phoenix games. Phoenix Brisbane game 53 fouls. Phoenix Cairns game 50 fouls. And the Melbourne Perth game, which did go into overtime, got 60 fouls, which is absurd. And in, in that uh, Melbourne Perth game, there was 79 free throws. Who the hell? I'm sorry, but who the hell wants to watch a basketball game that has 79 free throws? Joel Embiid. At... Sorry? Joel Embiid. He likes <laughs> well, getting to the line. Like, the makes matters worse. Most of, most of them aren't making them as well. Um, True. Talk to you, Jordan Usher. But um, <laughs> it's, it's just flat out unwatchable that the product that we saw this past round, um, I mean, the stat just says it. Like, this is obviously the worst round officiated, but NBL facts coming out with the last time two teams had 30 fouls um, each was Kings Phoenix, which was last year, that Trouga game, but obviously they went to double overtime. So it yeah, makes sense. Was, yeah, right. Double chase. overtime game. So that, that's a bit of an outlier. Yep. The previous time there was 30 fouls from each team was December 2008 between the Gold Coast players and the Perth Wildcats. And which that's was, 48 minutes. Which I believe is, was the 48-minute era. Yeah, so, that is 48 minutes. And this round, we saw the Wildcats-United game. And I th- was there another game that two teams had 30? No. Yeah, that was the first time the, the United-Wildcats game since 2008. A couple really. games got close, but it yeah. wasn't. 60. As I said, the Phoenix-Brisbane game without overtime. 53 fouls. Like, it is ridiculous. I want to know your thoughts on the referee in this round and and how you saw it watching as a fan because I I thought it was just frustrating. Jackson, you can go first. You probably watched more than I Okay. So, I went to both Melbourne games this week, as we all did. Um, For the first time in a while. Sorry. I know. Great. I mean, not great officiating, but great that we were all there. Um, But... Just watching those games, like during the Southeast Melbourne Cairns game, Evan and I were sitting together and we were saying we're not going to be hot, when, like the games are not going to be done for another hour. And we were in the fourth quarter and there would be foul shots every 30 seconds. Or was it third? It was the third quarter and there was foul shots every 30 seconds and it wasn't a great game to watch. And and I'm not saying a couple of those calls weren't there, but majority of them you should. Yeah, yeah, the majority of them were there. However, with some of the calls that weren't called and some of the calls that were called, um, you could have let a whole lot more go. And well, the Alan you know, allowed a free-flowing game of basketball, which is one. something that should happen in this league. Like, there's been times throughout this round, and I point to that Southeast Melbourne-Brisbane game earlier on, where there was, what, you were saying 53 fouls? Yeah. And... There was just, like, Alan Williams had three fouls in the first quarter. And, yes, that was kind of due to him being forced to play a bit because of Gorjok Gak's injury. But um, but a couple they, of those fouls you just let go. Like, they acted like they didn't want any centers to play in that game. Yeah. I think it was uh, Baines was, was in foul trouble. Um, I think maybe Rocker or Harrison, one of those two, would have been in foul trouble too early on. It, it's like they um, just... Yeah, I'll get it up now. So, Brisbane's... Centers, if it wants to load, here we go. Thank you, NBL app for loading. Harrison had four fouls. Bannon fouled out with five. He's not a center, but he played a fair bit yeah, of center. Plays a bit of a bit. that game. Um, Aaron Baines had three. Rocco had two in four and a half minutes. Um, Chris Smith three. DJ Mitchell three. Sobe four. Like, and then Williams <laughs> fouled out with five. Uh, Mitch Creek had four. Will Cummings had four. Then a whole bunch of guys had two. Like there was not one guy on that south, and I saw it. There was not one guy in that southeast Melbourne playing roster that had zero fouls. It's like it's. I, I guess you can say. I mean, yes, these players majority of the time are fouling, but when you consider the NBA be a physical league, they allow anything happen, and it's not like the NBA where they call every few seconds. It's that stereotype about the NBA that is not shown like it's I think there's a bit of the stereotype that gets a bit confused where the NBA is really like really really touchy fouls and they give a lot of fouls to you know the stereotype of star player gets James to Harden, the foul line like, James Harden up a bit they're making it a bit yeah. better but still but you like look at that. with with the NBA it's a bit different but there's still 
it gets confused and people say the NBA is a physical league, even though a whole bunch of fouls are being called. Like, yeah. Um, Aiden, you got anything? Cause I... They need someone in this year, I reckon, explaining what why the fouls called. Like, Didn't they do that like, last it, year? That's what I mean. That's what they did last year. Like, if there was, if there was a controversial or an interesting call, Scott Ball would be thrown to and he'd be able yeah. to give an explanation. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like that needs to be kind of a thing they could do. You, you know, know why they stopped that? It's probably you know why they, you know why they stopped that? I re- you remember the whole Brisbane played Adelaide last year, and you know where I'm going with this, where there was an out-of-bounds oh, no. call with like a minute to go, and the game was really close, and they completely stuffed it up. And the studio and like the guys in the commentary box, I think it was Jack Heverin saying, we're going to talk to Scott Butler soon about this decision, and it just never happened. Yeah, I don't remember like, that, but I do remember the game. I do remember. I I, I realized that that was in Miss Arena. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you hit average of forty four like a game. That's like ten a quarter. That's everyone in the bonus. That's like yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. When you look at it that way, forty four. That's you know, that there could sound be too five bad, each to way. Be honest. Yeah, but here forty four. It's like yeah. It sounds like but, it, yeah. You look at it. It's it's got to be. You narrow it down. That's eleven per quarter. Quarter. Which everyone's um, in the bonus by then, which is yeah, which you expect both teams being the bonus if, if both have five. So it's like you don't want to see that. And look, I hate to make a personal attack here, um, oh, no. at a referee especially. I really hate doing this, but I I mainly blame this on the NBL, not not the referee himself, but the new American guy they've gone in from the G League. Oh, I can't yeah. remember his name, but the one that refereed the Melbourne Perth game. He, they've they've hired him from America as a full time referee for two years, and um, well, he's only experienced is the G League. Well, yeah, they're throwing him in the deep end. There's no fever training. There's not been nothing. Yeah. Why is the mm-hmm. NBL going out and hiring guys with G League experience and not FIBA experience? Well, you've got, you're this missing is a, a FIBA mm. officiated competition. Why aren't we going for guys in Europe that officiate FIBA? Guys in Asia that officiate. Why don't we back FIBA? our own guys as well? Like exactly, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. got guys like Daniel Battier that doesn't even refing him on it. Was somewhat good at refing a favorite game. Yeah, like why? Why do we have to go to America to get a G League ref for a full time ref? He, he's right, been I'm, atrocious. I'm sorry, he's been, like, no. My it, only like, thinking would be the WNBL refs are trying to go full time as well, and have taken some yeah, of the NBL. Talent. But he's he's just not up to the standard because he's never done FIBA refing. It's a totally different ball game for the NBA. That's what I mean. Julie. During the blitz, they should have had him training someone, not friending deep in or like, yeah, watching the game. It's why are we hiring guys that don't have FIBA experience? Let's hire some refs that have FIBA experience. It it's just sounds like everyone can be up there soon. <laughs> no, trust me, I don't want to be an NBA ref. Um, I guess that leads in enough of the rant now, but let's let's lean into that Melbourne well. Do you want me to get the statement up? Uh, Yeah, well, I'll talk about the end of the game here, Melbourne Perth. And everyone's saying that's the the game of the year. Uh, It just wasn't the game of the year, in my opinion. I thought Melbourne New Zealand was was a much better game to watch. That one was just... It was was just a crazy finish. That's what made it... I guess they refer it as best game of the year. But that was not real pretty to watch throughout. Um, Especially in that last quarter. But... The last 30 seconds, uh, Usher was, uh, should have been called for a travel. He took four steps, and that was when I think Saar tipped it in. Goulding pushes Doolittle, and they count the Saar bucket, and Doolittle gets two shots after that as well. So they basically they score four points in that possession. That was simultaneously happening. Yeah. But you watch, no, you watch what happened. Goulding pushed him, maybe at the same time, you can argue at the same time, but it definitely wasn't before Saar made that basket. So that should be, you know, um, sorry, what am I saying? It, it wasn't after Sars basket. So it should not be two shots for Doolittle. I mean, it, no, sorry, I don't, what am I saying? Um, Sar, two points from Sars shouldn't have counted. Yes, sorry. The basket from Sars shouldn't have counted because Goulding pushes Doolittle uh, before or like during the time Sars makes the basket. So Sars basket should not count at all, but they did. Yeah, but that and was touch it, and go. The ref says, the, the American ref here says, um, He's uh Goulding pushes Doodle after Star scores, so Doodle gets two shots after, which you can visibly see if you watch it back hundreds of times. You could argue maybe it's simultaneously at the same time, but 
Gordon pushing him after. No but way. That's what I mean. No they shouldn't way. have thrown him to the guys who talked to Dean Vickerman in the yeah. moment played place. And then, he um, should have been the one at the baseline giving him the free throws. Yeah. Because he's the unexperienced person. He can't really give him an explanation. Of then play. Usher hits a, a crazy three. Ah, kudos to him. He there was a much needed shot for him and the Perth Wildcats and eventually helped them win the game in overtime. But um yeah, that was a huge shot for Marshall. And then Delhi on the other end gets the N one. This is the huge one everyone talks about now. The N one. Um We both saw play close. They call a body foul on Sa. And I push, agree push. they obviously they challenged that. And I agree with the decision that that shouldn't be a foul. But you look at a similar thing happened in the Breakers Sydney game near the end, and they didn't change the decision. So again, the inconsistency is visible. Um, but body foul, yeah, I agree. Shouldn't have been a body foul. Should have just been a two. But you obviously see at the same time, Saar has. So obviously, I'm sure as a Perth fan too, Jackson, you can agree. Oh yeah, that Saar smacked Daly on the arm, and that should be counted like, as two. I mean, I was up in the nosebleeds, right? And you like, even it. even I can see on the on the Tron when they replay yeah. it, that there's foul there. Yeah. And even John really knew that there was a foul there because he set up his guys for a free throw and he was like, well, I have a timeout remaining. I might as well challenge this because yeah. why not? There's less than a second to go. Well, at yeah. least there was at the time. Yeah. And he was like, right, guys, we're doing this. If whatever happens, happens. And they go in and and then it's successful and then really times out again. To draw something he's, up. He still like, he still had a timeout, and then he had another yeah, timeout on top of it because he had two timeouts left. And because yeah, and because the ref called the body foul, that's what they're challenging. So obviously it wasn't body foul, but they can't change the call of the other foul that was there, the hands foul, because they didn't. The ref didn't originally say all oh, hands foul. He said body foul. So what did what? It, Which I, I get, think that's what I get Scott that, Butler. I get that concept though. I get that. Yeah, I, I get it. If made like if say it's, I know this is a terrible example. So but Scott Butler, the head of, head of referees, made this statement just a few minutes ago. It said that it was correctly determined that there was no pushing foul on Saar, which I agree. You made a correct decision for once. Well done. And the decision was correctly overturned. We do not acknowledge a mistake was made on that play. Saar should have been called for a hand foul, which would have resulted in Deladova going to the foul line. To clarify, no calls cannot be changed or challenged via the coach's challenge. So because they didn't call the hand foul, they couldn't challenge that. So uh, it ends up being no N1. Um, and then Usher gets two shots at the end, which I, I guess you can say is a foul there at the end. That's definitely a foul. Um, Usher misses two. We go to overtime. Perth wins in more, some ordinary fouls and calls in, the, in that overtime as well. But Perth win. But they were there, unlike the other ones. Yeah. Um, they were just lazy just like common in- fouls. Kiss, inconsistency, um, guessing. Also, can we talk about how um, Shaley wasn't called for a foul for kicking Keanu Pinder in the face? Like, well, that one was that one was kind of he was diving for the ball; his legs were just up in the air. Yeah, but still, like... regardless, like Doolittle was called for a foul when he did his knee when Shaley dived for the ball. Yeah, yeah. That, well, I, so, so when Shaley dives for the ball and kicks point. Keanu Pinder yeah. in the head, how is that not a foul? Like. I guess I can see a point, but it's just like again, it's like inconsistency and um, it's just over over appreciated. Uh, my, my whole point out of this whole debacle is we're a physical league. Why are we having sixty fouls and seventy nine free throws in a game of basketball, especially in the NBL? It's just not what people pay good money to see. Especially, I mean, the positives of that game is sold out. I love the energy when Delhi scored that. I don't think I've heard JCA uh, John Cane Arena that loud. Since pre-COVID, um, so and with the Usher free throws as well, it was yeah, like amazing atmosphere, and I guess the game itself was was all right despite the officiating. But wouldn't say game of the year; it's up there, but um, fun game to be a part of, and that's why I support the NBL because of wild decisions like that. I guess. Well, while we're talking about the refereeing, um, can we also mention um? Michael Allen knowing my deepest, darkest secrets on a coach's challenge where he, exactly where his head covers up ninety percent of my TV screen in the living you room. You don't like Michael Allen and you know staring into your living room? No, I don't like him staring into my soul. Like it it's it's concerning. Um look, I'm gonna talk about it this Jackson. Perfect back. They're back on the winners list. 
Um, I know you're glad and Perth fans are glad to say this, but two huge wins. I mean, they beat Melbourne away from home. Despite those injuries at the start for United, Travis with that concussion, Huck Porty, knee, he came back in the game. Clark was still a bit sore um, from the previous games he missed. Um, it was just an injury debacle for United. But Perth got over the line. Uh, Bryce Cotton, finally, they figured a way to, to, to win the game within. Um, I mean, man scored 13 yeah, I know, but he did he did score 13 free throws. So can you say he's back yet? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Saar was great again. Um, I really like Kyron Ham- Harris show. in his starting lineup. I'm sure you've, yep. you've mentioned it, Jackson. Oh, but, I'll be able to talk about that. Yeah, Hiram Harris is, as a starter. They beat Adelaide, who they've lost, lost to last time. Um, quite con- Well, they were down by a bit in that third quarter. but that, Sorry, they were up by 20 and lost the lead. But... Um, mm. Yeah, talk about about Perth on the weekend, Jackson, and especially Hiram Harris. I really liked him. Yeah. So the main thing that's come out of this weekend has been the change to the starting five. And we talked about this last week, actually, where we thought there should be a change to the starting five. And, I mean, you were saying change imports, but I was saying bring in Hiram Harris. And the way that Perth's offense runs is that when Hiram Harris is on the floor, he is basically the point guard. Like he, I mean, he's not the guy that is going to be, you know, doing all the assist work and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, he's a, he's six, seven big body, but I watched him Monday night and, and there'd be plays where I just what singularly watch him and he'd be sitting in the corner yet. He'd be directing traffic all the time, telling people where to go and what to do. And when he'd have the ball, he'd, He'd feel so calm. Like, I feel more calm watching Hiram Harris ball handle than some point guards in this league. Like, with with how calm he is with um with controlling the tempo of the game as well, which is something that they've needed. And especially in that Adelaide game, he, he brought offensive rebounding. He was one of the guys who were hustling, and that had a flow-on effect to this Melbourne United game. Like, before before this weekend, Perth didn't win an offensive rebound count this entire season, and they won twice in a row by almost double digits. Very question like, you asked yesterday as well, Jackson. Yeah, well and and I asked John really last night, saying like, you know, how how good is it that you know offensive rebounding is back up? And he said it, it's a lot to do with lineups. It's a lot to do with also mentality, like, and and I also talk about like Doolittle playing him effectively at small forward with Hiram Harris and Pinder or Saar or Wagstaff or Aquera, but like him, they running three bigs is really working. They're just able to out-muscle and out-rebound people, which is something they haven't done all year. Um, and Doolittle th- played his best game of the season Monday night. I still think they got a, a bit to go. I mean, they beat Adelaide, oh, yeah, who, obviously. who still pretty average team in the competition. And, a depleted kind of Melbourne side there, but still huge wins, much needed wins in the NBL. You take everything you get. And they really, really, really keeps mentioning, you know, ugly wins. And those two were certainly ugly wins for sure. No doubt about it. Um, I still think they need to make some changes. I still want to see Henschel out there. Still zero minutes. Like, you know, give him a chance. Let him score the ball. Cause is that time? The one change they have made is giving Corey Webster a whole lot less minutes and yeah. Ty Webster. Yeah, and, they, they, they and I will be... say I don't expect that to happen Friday night when they play New Zealand. <laughs> no, but you know that John really wasn't be, hasn't been happy with their offensive input, and I think why not input a guy like Ben Henschel? They finally played a query for once against United, which was quite a surprise. Um, he gave some solid minutes, but um, I still think they got a bit to go before. Um, I mean, yes, they beat the best team in the competition, but I still think they're got a bit more to go before that they're at a really competitive standpoint. Adam, what did you see from Perth? You got anything to add about them? I mean, I was wrong with Doolittle. Doolittle actually looks, you know, in that role yesterday, if he plays that consistently, he'll be that second input for sure. Yeah. Um, Asha, I'm still not I'm now 100% sold on. Like, I know he made that free, but he might be on a chopping block soon. But yeah, I don't know. It was Perth look good when they play good. Like Saar needs to be like this every week. Right? He needs to burn. Mm. Like this is the first time I think we've seen. I don't know actually second time we've seen him in person. Like this is his tall. He passed. I think that was test. probably his best game in the regular season. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. That he really, the, especially in overtime. He was huge yeah. in overtime. That or he the first Adelaide game. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. You know what? But, there was a lineup when they had Saar, Doolittle, and Pinder before Pinder fell out that I actually liked. I know it was big, but it was a good lineup. Um, Doolittle was more of a small forward than a power forward. That's and, why, that's and why it I like. Yeah, that's why I liked when Saul was at the four and then Pinder was at the five. And then I think he's on Bryce and one of the Websters. But it was okay. It was a good lineup. They went big. Um, let's move on to some other games this week. <laughs> Illawarra. They're like, I don't know. I, like, I don't know what to say about them. But they're talk, just I'll like so far bottom compared to the rest of the competition. Like, it's they remind me of an NBL one team. In the <laughs> NBL. That's right. I, I, no, it's not rough. Last few weeks, they've only scored over like just over eighty. Didn't yeah, we like, say this last year? Like yeah, I tweeted only... last year saying Rockingham could beat them. <laughs> no, I still, I still think they're better they... than any, any NBL one team, but they're just like they can't compete against many NBL teams at the moment. And well, they're not even scoring over eighty. Hard NBL. to see how what problems they can fix right now to, to make them contenders, uh, at least for the finals. I don't know what they can do. They're not making finals. The onus, I mean, we've talked about Jackamus in recent weeks being quite average um, in his decision-making, but you've got to put some onus on the players. Like, Tyler Harvey, four points is just unacceptable for a veteran import like him. Um, Like, he didn't, like, four points, zero rebounds, zero assists. Like, what did he shoot? Uh... One of eleven, like that is just that is atrocious. You can't allow that to happen in big games, uh, you know, against your arch rival in the Sydney Kings. You can't allow that to happen, and when that occurs, and barely anyone else steps up, especially Justin Robertson, you know, he hasn't been what I thought he would be this year. Um, it's hard to find where they go from here. Gary Clark has been great. Sam Froling has kind of been stagnant. Like he has not. He's when well, he's still twenty three, twenty four, and he hasn't taking that next step many thought he would have by now, but he's just still like like a decent center, still can put up double doubles, but you know, nothing that puts him in front of other centers. Well Sam Froling's ceiling is NBA and then Sam Froling's like four is I like, don't think his ceiling be... is NBA anymore. anymore. If he's gotta no. stay like he it does like it doesn't show that he has that ceiling. His ceiling is dropping uh, what is every his ceiling right now at the moment? But like what NBA um, player would you compare to him in the past? Um, I don't know. Um, but AJ Ogilvy, like that's what I was thinking. He's giving me yeah. that vibes right now. Yeah, he's gonna be that stalemate. That's gonna be. Yeah, and I think he's he can be an NBA player, but he's he's just hasn't taken that next step yet. And well, I let Malawatch. He hasn't been much on the court. He dominated Malawatch that game. Yeah. Um, but what do they fix? What do you What do you guys? Albridge didn't have a great game either. Zero points in 20 minutes, two boards for him. Um, really, no one played well except Gary Clark for them. What What do you think needs to happen in the war? Any well, of who's, that, who's that veteran presence? Who, like, I know we could say Blanchfield, but he's only on the court. And I guess Harvey, Sorry. but you're right. Who's that, like, you know, Tim Conrad or like Evan the of United? Yeah, there's no one there. Like, Blanchfield, yeah, sure, but... Blanchard's not getting caught time. He could, like, following you can sort of count as experience, but he's not even there. It's a worrying sign. Like, they don't have any of the inputs, like, all fought, like, firing at once. It's only Gary Clark at the moment. They, they clearly have the talent. There's no doubt. Like, their talent is no, just as good as I many agree. leagues. Like, they've got three unreal imports. they got Sam Froling, who's just in Boomer's training camp. Uh, Swakula Bullock, one of the better defenders in the league. Blanchfield, a great veteran. Hong Jong Lee, Lee, best shooter in the league. They got his next star in Johnson. They got another potential, you know, star in Oldbridge. Like they've got the talent in each position. They got Pete Link coming back too. He's, he's a, he was a starter on a championship team not too long ago. So they've got the talent, but it's it's just not working. Nothing is clicking at the moment. Um, Jackson, do you think they need to change their starting five? And if so, what would you do? I think they do, but you were talking about Froling earlier on, and you were saying like how how he's a decent center, 
but like personally i think he's better at power forward like mm-hmm. you like the two early years, on yeah, the two years the hawks were in the yeah. finals ogilvy and brief. do a brief for next do a brief yeah like he he works in my opinion so much better at the four than at the five mm. and the fact that illawarra don't even have a true center because let's face it um Albrich isn't a center as well like they don't have any real size on him in that five spot like yes Froling is tall but they don't have any real meat on their bones and when it comes to their starting five and what they need they need a center and they need to slide Froling down in my opinion but in terms of who they've got Probably bring one of the guards off the bench in terms of Robinson or Harvey. And you start Harvey starting... off the bench? Yeah, I'll be having Harvey yeah. off the bench to start Lee at the shooting guard. Yeah, I'd do the exact same. Or bring in um Gritter. Yeah. Or Johnson, even. Start we know Jacob's... No, but Maybe. Jacob's a complete agent. I would love to have AJ starting, but we know that's... Yeah, but, but why not try it out? It's Nothing is working for you at the moment. Try something absolutely unique. Maybe this kid brings energy from the get-go and then Harvey can come on and feed off that energy. Um, try something new. I don't know, but nothing seems to be working and they need a lot of change. I, like, they've got the talent. I think they can do it still, but it's it's just not working. It's they just make really finals awesome. or still compete? Like, they should still... Yeah, top six should be their goal. But... Well, it was they a man in the building the, last night that yeah. couldn't take over them. Just got to put his name out there. Um, was in Melbourne. Anything to add in the round before we get into some other other stuff? Quick shout out to Brisbane. They looked great. Harrison played really well. And, yeah, that first yeah. game. Harrison is up there for most improved. He's been really good uh, with the absence of Baines. Obviously, he came back this week, but two really solid games from Harrison. 20 and 8 against Tassie in their loss. Um, and he was only 24. 24 against Phoenix? Who's that? No, he's in 24 in age. Oh, he's okay. In, like, he's got yeah, he's, so oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's 24 years old. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he, he he seems like a guy that could be a, a starter. I don't um, mind Chris before to bench with his team as well. What's yeah. the um next-gen? Because what's the next-gen rules when it comes to age? Who knows? 26 and younger. He could technically, he could technically win it. 26? Yeah. This is a 26. I thought it was 24. 24, 25. I don't know. We know Junior couldn't win. I that was know. hilarious. Um, right, MVP race. I know it's over a quarter season and may still be early to call an MVP, but at the moment, I look across the competition and I don't find someone that is a clear candidate or a favorite to win the MVP. I guess for me, maybe Alan Williams or Jalen Adams. I mean, Alan Williams missed the start of the year, but he's putting up double-doubles each game. But he's still... Is he an MVP, though? Is he, like, MVP of the NBL? I don't think I still want to be like the AFL to Brentland. They won't be like, the big MVP like that. People like, still right. forget he's not a very good defender, Alan Williams. But Can I comment on the whole Williams MVP debate? Because yeah. we had something very similar a couple years ago in Perth. If you remember, John Mooney was averaging a double-double every single game, and he was averaging like 16 points a game. However, he was an MVP because he wasn't even the best player on his team. The best player on his team was Bryce Cotton, and in Southeast Melbourne, it's Mitch Creek. Like, he's Williams is not going to be MVP because he's not the guy. Right? So, who are you saying is leading the race? I, I think maybe Jalen Adams then, for me. Well, but even then, he's, you know, there's been well, games where he's me, been a little off. If we just look at plain statistics, it's Parker Jackson, Cartwright, and Daylight. However, New Zealand aren't winning games. Jackson Cartwright is leading the league in points and assists, but New but Zealand aren't steals, winning games. Yeah. And, and all, well, close to steals. I'm not sure if he still does. Yeah, I thought Galloway was leading two. in steals, but he'd be close. Um, but like. Sid, like the thing is, Melbourne United are so clearly the best, the best team in the league. However, they do not have a sole guy that is MVP. They do it by committee. They don't have one guy who they just, you know, puts up thirty points every single night. And 
like whoever's in second right now, I think it's Sydney. I may be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's Adams, but then Hogue has only just come back into this team and that might change a few things. Um but in terms of if we were going to give an MVP trophy out right now, yeah, it'd probably be Jalen Adams. But there is no front runner in this league and there will no and there will be no front runner in this league until at least January. That mm. that's just my opinion though. We can we can have a couple and weeks in a row where somebody goes berserk. What do you reckon? Who's the MVP at the moment for you? Well I'm not saying source is, but when we all severely dated over time, we all laughed at it. Looking back, He's proven a horse, you know, he's got... Oh, some... yeah, I mean, there's no doubt he's up there. He's, he's top five. No, he'd be the top five, yeah, top five. I'm not buying a Sobe talk at the moment with because Brisbane, like, uh, up and down with, you know, their form. But I could see why people are into that. I'm with you. I'll go Jalen Amsterdam. I know it's the most common answer, but if Zion didn't get it, it injured, I would have said Zion, but then they're not winning games, so it's... It's yeah. a hard one. Um, right. What are we talking about? Top 100. Oh. Well, I want to talk about yeah. one thing. Yeah. Halley, Perth game. That, you know how Kyron Galloway single heli destroyed him the, the last time they played? Yeah. Man yeah. only played eight minutes. Toy played 18. How, how does this happen? Like, well, Adelaide yeah. should have played, played a lot more. Toy played well in that um stretch where they cut the lead down. Yeah, fair enough. He hit like a couple threes from memory. Couple of threes, jeez. Okay. And and I single handedly put Tahi Smith Milner as the streak ender. You go back and watch that that Southeast Melbourne Perth game when the streak died. It was Tahi Smith Milner that killed Perth because he hit like four threes in the fourth quarter. Is this FIBA Asia Cup Tahi Smith Milner? Yeah, it's Mister All Asia Tahi Smith Milner. Okay, sorry. Continue top minded. Sorry, um, we we just need to talk about Tahi for a bit. And <laughs> no, no, I was just talking about skates. I'll out. Yeah. Um, ESPN they updated their top 100 for the 2024 one o'clock in the morning, but anyway, <laughs> uh, for the 2024 NBA draft. Um, man, it's exciting to see uh, nine guys with NBL slash Aussie connections in there. Um, and especially Alex R, number two, and especially that game against Melbourne, like he could go he played well with Jello. Like, I was surprised how well he held his own against yeah, Jello, especially in that second yeah. half in overtime. He was huge, and um, look, he could be the number one prospect, and that's really exciting for the NBL to have a guy that could go number one. Uh, it's still funny that he's coming off the bench and he's projected to go number two, but um, that's yeah, just number insane two, in itself. Yeah, number two for Alex. Uh, uh, we'll do it in order. Proctor, who obviously isn't in the NBL, but an Aussie currently playing at Duke. He's he's been listed at top ten at numerous places, but they got him at number thirteen at the moment. Bobby Clintman, number twenty one. Um, I think he's been be real soon. He, he should be. He should be a lottery pick. I feel like he's so versatile. The and, one thing um, on Bobby is, is his turnovers. His turnovers. Are so, yeah, he just tries to be the highlight reel too much. He 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 seems real comfortable in the league from the get go, and um, hopefully that that ranking goes up. This one was a bit confusing for me. AJ Johnson, forty one. He hasn't shown a lot for me. I mean, obviously he's eighteen. He's a tall point guard. It's got a lot of potential, a lot of upside. Um, but and he, he has put one? in some solid minutes, but 41 compared to these other guys I'm going to mention is a bit too high for me. Uh, like 40, number 44, I think that's a fair rating. People got to consider that the NBA look at age first before anything. So Huck Porty, you look at him, you could argue that he may be as good as Saar, but he is like three, maybe yeah, three years older. Then Saar. So 44, I think, is a good ranking for him. He's been sensational this year. Uh, number 60, Trenton Flowers. I say I agree with that. I think Flowers, he had that 18-point fourth quarter, and that alone should put him above AJ Johnson. I think Flowers has been better than Johnson. But who, what did better I Better because he's had scout? more run, or because he's better? I don't know. Uh, I think Flowers has just been better than Johnson. Um from a visible standpoint. Rustavishus, Mantis Rustavishus, number 31. We haven't seen a lot of him so far, but I think he's been unreal. And I've got a question about him in the, the Rapid Five eventually, but he has okay. been unreal for the breakers in the limited game time he's played so far. Alex Tui, 83 uh, for the Sydney Kings, and Lachlan Ulrich, number 92 for the Hawks. Uh, 
Do you think ESPN got it right? ESPN got it right there. Should there be any changes? Anyone should yes. be missing from the top 100? The fact that Tui is that low when he's been arguably the best next star in the league, you, you can mm. make a case for it between mm. him and Clintman and Saar, but like, that's yeah, how's he in terms of first year guys. Oh, in, first, yeah, I'm not year, counting Huck Porty, but like in terms of first year next stars, it's yes. between those threes. Um, and the fact that he's what 83 is ridiculous. Like, yeah, he also didn't watch the last few games. <laughs> yeah, how is? But like, he is the he is one of, if not the most comfortable player in this league in terms of next stars. Yeah, like, I thought Johnson AJ would be is... 50 in the 50s up, but 40 Johnson is. 42 spots above him, which is absolutely absurd. And then you also get to the fact that Flowers is also above him. And it's like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. Underrated. Uh, anyone else? No. All happy with that? Anyone missing from that top 100? I would say Ben Henschel, however, he isn't playing <laughs> since that Southeast Melbourne game. So... Where would uh, Rocco rank if if seventeen year olds were allowed to if Rocco was allowed to get drafted next year? If they were taking high school age people, uh seventies, eighties. Really? Sick It's an interesting one. Fifties. Because you take him the NBA loves potential. They love a guy like, they look at a seven three prospect like him. A lot of teams would be Darko Miller. Yeah, but the thing is he he hasn't had much front. That's the thing. Yeah. Keep, well he has, but not like um, Fun uh, fact about Rocco: Do you know that he's leading the league in defensive rating? Mm. I'm not making that up, by the way. I saw that what? this morning. It it's that's, either that's his first or second, but he's definitely top two. Yeah, I, I've loved him so far, and obviously we're playing him in the NBL. Um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's a high prospect next year. Well, hopefully um, he's top ten. Let's quickly mention some. Kind of breaking news, I guess. John Wall is coming to the throwdown this week. And, and look. Touch wood, touch wood, touch wood. Yeah, touch to wood, it. touch wood. Because we saw the Derek Rose kind of stuff. But John Wall expected to be at the throwdown this Sunday, uh, which is very interesting considering we're in the midst of the NBA season. He is obviously a free agent. He could be picked up by an NBA team at any moment. Probably doubtful, but he could be picked up at any moment. And he's flying down to Melbourne to watch the throwdown, uh, do a couple of, of in-store appearances for some places. But um, the Phoenix owner, John Wall, down in Melbourne, very interesting. Now, I've got three points here. He's in Melbourne this weekend. Will Cummings, he may be injured cloud. this weekend, which means the import sport is open up. And it's John Wall. This guy's an all-star. He will be the biggest player to ever play in the NBL. So, no, another point. Was a... Sorry, another point here. Home throwdown against Melbourne United this Sunday. Now, I know it will never happen. Uh, it's got a one in infinity chance of happening. But, come on. He's here. He's got to be at the game. He might have an import spot available. Might. Play John Wall. Just playing. Cummings, he's sore for another week. Yeah, they're still recovering. Yeah, like the NBA is going to be I, improving. I just want to see I just, I just, just the hype. I, I don't care if it's one game and it's, you know, people look at it as a publicity stunt and everything, but import replacement, just say he's an import replacement. You know, we've Speaking seen it time and time again. The crowd on he's Sunday like Jeremy Kendall, you know, he's just a little in- injury replacement <laughs> like for Jeremy a week Kendall. or two. Oh, Jeremy Thanos Kendall. You know, just, just give him a week. Why not? I, I just, I, literally, why not? I, I can't see a reason why he wouldn't do it. Obviously, he probably won't. He knows want the unit but... is, you know, just quiet. Um, but well, yeah, you guys have anything cra- to, to say about boys. this John Wall stuff coming to Melbourne? I just find it really weird. He's just coming here for the throw now. Well, he's bringing in the crowd numbers. Like, Sunday was great. You both said it. It was a good crowd at the Phoenix game. Yep, As I Mitch think Creek Mitch said, Creek 75. and Mike Kelly got that point across in the press conference. Was how many first... was it again? Uh, 7, 7, 7,500? Yeah. And, and 11. 7,500 yeah, yeah, and 11. Right. Yeah. 7,500. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, John Wall, make it happen. Make it happen. Um, hot take of the week. Go you on. guys go first. Jackson, you're up. Okay. Um, going off 
last week, but it didn't quite work out. But Perth still won twice. Um, we saw what happened no, you... last year when Corey Webster played New Zealand in the first game of the year after that social media post. So touch wood on if New Zealand posts anything or not. But I believe the Websters will combine for 35 or more. 35 or more. Okay. Thing is, if I said 30, it's like 15 points each. Yeah, whatever. But if I, and I didn't want to go 40, so I went right down the middle. No, no, okay. No, 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 no that's it. Evan? I don't know. Aiden, you go first. Elora won't score more than 70 this week. Who do they play? Who are they playing? Cairns. Ooh. Ooh. Where? That is a hot take. That is a huge hot take. Because I still think Illawarra can score over 70 70 points. So are you saying no more than 70 or under 71 or more? Okay. Okay. That is a huge hot take because 70 points. That is a good hot take from you. Um, I've got a bit of a different one. Something different. Um, I, I hate Crowd Wars. In, in sports, I really hate code wars. So I I went to my first A League game on the weekend. Loved every bit of it. Oh no! And it made me think. You said for years that you hated A League. No, I never hated the A League. I've been a big fan. You just said it was I say crowd. No, no, I don't want to hear this. NBL and A League team in Canberra should be one club. You look at as in like Collingwood, Nepal when they went. No, 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 like like Real Madrid <laughs> or Barcelona, yeah, Olympiacos. Okay. You see these yeah, things in Europe. Let's stop code wars. The most beneficial thing for the NBL is by having this with the A-League as well. You share memberships, you share facilities. It will make the process easier for both leagues. And um, obviously both could easily have a camera team in their competitions right now. Um, I say... But they'd both be based out of the AIS. Because AIS maybe. Arena well, they is probably right want next new to where the Raiders they, play. They, like, you want new facilities, right? True, but still, you'd train you, out of there. Either way, you, I would say use the same facilities, build new ones, have the same memberships, you know, play games at separate times. Say, NBL game at 5.30, they can go to, you know, cross the road and go to the A-League um, at 8 o'clock and use the same membership, you know, two and one. I think that's the most beneficial way for a Canberra team to work in the NBL, and uh, it will put a stop. It will be huge. I think it will get huge support behind it, and um, I, I don't know how we happen. can. I don't know how we can measure this hot take though. Like I, I'm just trying to figure. Out uh, it's not really a hot take. It's just kind of a. It's just more of an opinion. It's it's it's, 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 it's a, more of a, a hot, hot statement. Opinion. I'm just saying, the next Canberra team should be one club. Okay, yeah, Canberra Pride or something. I don't know. Canberra United. Cannons. Cameron United, yeah, hundred percent. They're gonna go Cameron United when it's a Melbourne team. I don't know, Melbourne something United. like that. But I think it'd be really cool. And there's a Western United super beneficial, mm-hmm. and they should have it as soon as this year or next, um, next, well, next season or the season after. Um, it's just a matter of getting facilities. But yeah, uh, five rapid questions. Here we go. Go on. Is Montes an NBA player? Yeah. No, I haven't seen but, enough yet. Wait, as in like, like. As in, a, like an NBA future player, or as in, like yeah. coming up. Yeah. Is it time for Melbourne United to move to Rod Laver Arena? Yes. Well, we know why I say. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no because of what, the logistics of what we know. Yeah, I know. But is next season? Let's say, is it time for them to move to Rod Laver Arena? Yeah, because they don't block it off like they did it during the Booms games. Is Lat Marion currently in the lead of most improved player? No. Not in the lead, but close. Let, I mean, let's just take out the fact that Galloway. Let's say should, Galloway is out for a long should time. Should Hiram Harris continue to start for Perth? Big yes. yes. And should we <laughs> should we have six fouls in the NBL? Six no, fouls. No. no. I'm just saying that because of the because of this week. No, um, it is a good. It is a. I good... want to revisit Let May in because um, he's great offensively, but defensively he's a liability. Like he just reaches and doesn't. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't. Obviously, he's great. Defensively, I feel like he's too. Tips too this round. Let's finish off quickly. We got every team only plays each other once. Not many games this week. Perth, New Zealand in Perth. New Zealand. Perth. 
Because New Zealand went from Sydney back, New Zealand back to Perth. New Zealand need a much needed win. They've lost the last. Oh no, they, they beat Cairns. But I'm going to say they need a much needed away win. They need an away win. Yeah. So I'm going to say they beat Perth. At Cairns, Illawarra. Well, Cairns. we know who I'm going to go for. So next question. Cairns. Cairns. Uh, Adelaide, Tassie in Adelaide. I'm going to go Adelaide. I'm going to go Adelaide upset. I'm going to go Tassie still. Uh, game of the round, no doubt about it. Phoenix, Melbourne, Throwdown. Home game for Phoenix. Phoenix, giving the United potential injuries. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. And Sydney, Brisbane in Sydney. I'm going to go Brisbane. Sydney. You're on Brisbane. You're on the Brisbane train. Join Liam Sinner. Josh, no, I'm on a Josh, 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 Josh Bennon entire Harrison <laughs> train. Um, you guys got anything to add before we sign out? Uh, yeah, like should Tyra Harrison stop? You go. Sorry, you go. No, no, you go. Okay. Uh, Tyra Harrison should start for the remainder of the season instead of Aaron Baines. Yeah. Did you just give Wait, another hot take? Kind Jeez, of. Jeez, man. Can't have two hot takes in the one week. You gotta, you gotta spread them out. I'm sorry, but the way Harrison has been playing, I think it's kind of obvious. No, it is fair. That's well, not a hot take. It's fair. What are you gonna say? That's why Har- Harrison will be most improved if he's doing that. Do you have anything else, Aiden? No. Do you have anything else? No. Oh, we're done. Yeah, we're, we're done. done. Completo, finito. John Wall, number two, will suit up for the Phoenix on Sunday. Let's make it happen. <laughs> It won't be See number later. two, but anyway.